everyone, and welcome to this new episode of the All New 52 Podcast. I am Joe. Over yonder is Caleb. And in the middle, we got a guest here. I'm yes, Steven. It's Steven. I'm on a podcast with Caleb, Star Wars Therapy. Hi, everyone. And I have a YouTube channel called Steven, which is shameless self-promotion. Hi. There we go. We got everything out the way. We're reading Tom King and Mitch Jared's Mr. Miracle over over there. There I we got, go. I got a lot of... Thanks, I got, buddy. Thanks, I got buddy. a lot of pointing to do. But first, uh, Stephen, what's your background on comics? My background on comics. So uh, essentially, when I was a kid, I always loved like the animated series and everything. Um, Batman, obviously. Batman Beyond was probably the thing that I remember most fondly, just because like my dad would wake me up every Saturday, like at like seven o'clock and be like, Stephen, it's on. Like he was yeah. excited about it. Mm -hmm. Um, on top of that, like Joe and me have shared the love of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, of course. and those always stuck with me and I only got better as I went older. But then uh, I really didn't get into like reading comics fully until I was maybe around like 15. I read a few issues here and there, but 15, yeah. I picked up. Uh, I'll, I'll always remember it was Green Lantern Blackest Night because I always thought Green Lantern was cool, but I always thought that the only interpretation I, I knew of him was the awesome one in Justice League yeah, and John then the Stewart. absolute god awful one in the movie. <laughs> yep. So I was like, oh, great. I, I'm going to pick this one. Um, so I, I did it and I, I instantly fell in love with the DC universe and like kind of just found out everything I could about it. Um, and then from there, like I started getting more into like um, Daredevil and Moon Knight and Nightwing. And I, I love a lot of legacy characters. That's kind of my thing. Um, characters that are like just under the B tier. Yeah, like, like yeah. People know what they look like, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah, that guy. Like that's They've been that's in the my background favorites. of other people's comics. Exactly, exactly. Those are the characters I love. Speaking of which, Mister Miracle. Uh, you said you had a little tangent you wanted to start off with. Yes, uh, yeah. So I was listening to uh, on the way over here. Uh, I'd listened to it previously, but I was re-listening to the Kingdom Come episode just mm. because I'd. Is trying to get in the all new fifty two mood. Of course, it's good um, yeah, yeah. Actually, I love the episode. I, Joe, I, <laughs> I was like, it's one of mine where no, I go on a no, rant. No, 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 Joe, Joe, Joe. We had a very meaningful conversation at uh -huh. my house the other day where I was like, you know, you know what? You at least acknowledge when something's good. <laughs> yeah. You just don't like it, yeah. which I appreciate. Yeah. So, being as you hate Mr. Miracle, <laughs> um, <laughs> we got we got we got a lot of stuff to get through before we no, get the, to whether or not I hate or love or <laughs> whether or, or not I anything, Mr. Miracle. <laughs> whether or not I feel any emotion towards this comic, uh, and uh, Caleb, of course, too, and uh, yeah, you. Yeah, because I matter. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, no, it's only my opinion that matters on this show. First off, uh, Mark Wade. Mm -hmm. If you guys were curious, what he was most famous for, uh, in my opinion, he's the guy who made Wally West Flash, Flash like. Well, he didn't make I don't know if he made him Flash, but his run on the Flash is the it's reason definitive. why people love Wally West as Flash. It's the reason why I do. Um, he also did a lot of Daredevil over at Marvel, uh, and he I'll say his run on Daredevil is great. He, he did a run. I think it was kind of around the the all new, all different era. Like, I think it was just around there. Okay, so like 2015. Yeah, 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 around there. OK, so much after. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you you guys said something about Alex Ross's art that I actually I actually do want to give a reason for. Okay, you were like the faces look the same, like they all look kind of sameish. Do you do you want to know why? Sure. So the reason why is because uh, the reason why all of his pictures look so photorealistic is because Alex Ross actually takes pictures of himself, ah, and will use them as a basis that would do so it <laughs> the joker on the mad love cover holding harley that's him and like his girlfriend huh he's batman he's superman 
He's all of these things. That would uh, do it. Is it's a round like face, but he adds like little details here and there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, no, he yeah, he traces his own face, but it's it's awesome though. I'm yeah. like, there is a reason for that. That's cool. Uh, but no, I just wanted to clear that up, and I wanted to I wanted to tell you that because I was like the whole time I heard you guys talking, I was like, man, I want to be on this episode. And I'm not <laughs> I want to tell them. Yeah, but <laughs> if only I could interject. There are, there are a lot of good episodes that you could have been on, but I think this is like. Ever since we started getting to know each other and me and Joe started to do the podcast, I think it was pretty obvious that when we had you on, we were going to talk about Mr. Miracle. Yeah, it's really hard for me to say that it's my absolute favorite, but I would be really remiss if I didn't say that it constantly battled between number one and number two yeah. for me. A defining one, if yeah. not the most favorite. Absolutely. This... um. Yeah, it. I'm sure we'll get into it, but I, I, th this, this is the kind of comic I'm attracted to, where it's, it really is, it's a character, in this world that seems crafted for them, and it's them going through something and ending up different on the other side. Like that's mm. that to me multifaceted. Is, exactly. Like that's why characters like Moon Knight and and Matt Murdock and Nightwing and and like those characters. That's why they interest me is because they always go through changes that are meaningful. So yeah, sorry, that was my first spiel. That's, that's first one. That's why I like sea level. That's why I like sea level heroes and villains. They because they can go through change. Other writers won't keep up on it, but they they the change happened. <laughs> Me constantly shilling for DC, a corporation who doesn't need my help. I feel like DC sets up a lot of their characters to be like that. They're either like they have like the Trinity and stuff. They're all paragons. Yeah. I think even when you get down to the Flash and Green Lantern, they are very much. I feel like characters who can change in situations a lot too. Definitely. Sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. So Mr. Miracle. <laughs> Mr. Miracle, yes. Uh, what we're talking about. Um, Steven, since this is the book you brought, would you like to do the quickie synopsis Absolutely. of the overview? In the DC universe, uh, there are the new gods. The new gods are essentially the DC equivalent to like the Greek pantheon. Um, they're new gods because they're quite literally like the new gods. But not the Greek ones because they exist also. Those exactly. are the old gods. <laughs> so essentially there are the new gods and then there is who live on the planet of New Genesis. They are led by High Father. And then there's Darkseid who is... is. Um, I, I'm, love you, buddy. Um, <laughs> um, but Darkseid uh, is the ruler of a planet called Apocalypse and they've been warring and to make a pact... They traded sons. High father raised Darkseid's son Orion, and uh, Darkseid raised big quotations marks. Uh, Mister Miracle, uh, Scott Free. So essentially, uh, they trade sons as like a truce, and uh, you know the son of Darkseid gets to grow up in absolute royalty, and then the son of essentially God gets to grow up in hell. Um, and Mister Miracle, along with a character named Big Barda, they are constantly tortured, trying to escape this pit every single day by Granny Goodness. Essentially, they were put through so much torture, and Scott was the first one to ever escape. So he named himself Scott Free because of the, ah. the human expression. He met someone on Earth who was a circus act named Miss Mir Mr. Miracle, and uh, then he took on the moniker afterwards. But this story starts off with a suicide attempt. And Mr. Miracle tries to kill himself because he can escape anything. Can he escape death? Uh, and the answer is no, because then he he doesn't die. He goes through it. And essentially, it's about his road to recovery. It's about him challenging his own reality. It's about him trying to understand what the heck is going on. And it's just 
it's really it's really a personal story in my mind of just a guy who should be supernatural, but his problems end up being more human than anything. It's kind of like Saga in the sense that there's a big like cosmic event going on. Yeah, but there's then, still like problems at home. Yeah, like, it's very domestic. Yeah, it's very domestic. And that's that's well, I'm sure we'll get into that when we get into positive. How do you feel about that, Joe? A good saga uh, comparison. I'll zoom in on my face on when, <laughs> when my face soured right when you said that. <laughs> my face uh, did an Olivia Rico drive home to you a sour film when you said that. <laughs> about, I think that's about as concise of a synopsis as you can really give about this yeah. without like intricacies that go on. Yeah, in and this. I, I didn't get into the family dynamics. No, 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 no. Not gonna there, do I'm that. sure we're going to touch on that in detail when we get to our sections, but we need to talk about the art and let, let's start on the other side of the of the row and we'll we'll make our ways ways down caleb um so this is a very formalist style of art it is consistently nine panels yeah yep throughout the whole thing i love that i think it's going to make or break it it's clearly do, like kind of aping off of dave gibbons art um while also mixing in this kind of glitch art into it which mm -hmm. i think is I, I think that's a really cool aesthetic, and mm -hmm. I think it's done fairly well here. Um, I think that at times, the nine panels really do limit it. I think at other times, especially there's an issue where the whole thing is just Scott and Barta like fighting their way through this one oh, place. Oh, I love that part. I that's love that great. part. That's amazing. That's wonderful. Um, so highs and lows, I'd say I even if it doesn't always work for me, I respect the commitment to the nine panels. And I think that consistency helps with Tom King's storytelling. Okay, cool. I'm glad you said that uh, because I was like, I love the nine panels and I think it works tremendously well throughout the entire comic. Anyway, Joe, tell me why you hated it. <laughs> My turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I, I agree with what Caleb said on it. Uh, I'm definitely just more on the negative oh, side God. of it where, okay, it's, where it's, it's more, it's, I just th find it draining over the course of <laughs> this entire thing. Yeah, no, it works in some instances uh, for like jokes. I think it works really good when very much um, for just getting across like talking. Uh, I think it's very draining because there's just way more room to become a book almost where it's like, oh, there's a lot more speech going on than there would normally would be on a single page. You know, I uh, I did when I talked to um, I was talking to a, a guy who worked at one of my local comic book shops and I remember he was talking about he's like, yeah, the problem with the Tom King Batman run is that uh, he's trying to write the great American novel and uh, it's not the great American novel. And I was like, I can't argue with you that that's true, but I don't care in terms of Mr. Miracle. Like I, I, I enjoy that because I think it gives um, it gives more attention to the facial details, which Mitch Jared's, I, I think, does a really good job with that. It's it's kind of a realistic details on unrealistic yeah, figures. He, I, I was going to get into that a little yeah, more. Sorry, he nails. Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. He nails uh, character expressions. You can always it's it's we I think there's a common thing me and Caleb deal with when reading some of these that any kind of emotion just looks like distress. It doesn't matter if it's sadness or happiness mm -hmm. or it's it, if they're emoting from a. A normal blank face, it just it just looks different normally in this. They do a good job of showing like discomfort or sadness or happiness or like hopefulness or stuff. I think he's got nailed the facial expressions on the otherwise unrealistic art style. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's because I mean, these the characters, you know, if you if you look at the original Jack Kirby, like fourth world comics and stuff like that, 
they're very exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Like they're extremely exaggerated. And, you know, a lot of the guys have this weird muscular brow to them and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is actually a pretty good update of that. This this definitely has respect for the Jack Kirby comics um, in that way. And I'm sure we'll get into that later. But um, yeah, I, I agree with you, though, that it's like they're unrealistic, but there's realistic qualities to them that make them able to express not only a certain emotion, but a specific Mm -hmm. version of that emotion. It's like, he's not just sad. He's sad because X, Y, Z like, and you feel that when you look at it and there's not a conflict between like when Scott's just at home and like in a Superman t-shirt on the couch. And I loved all of the t-shirts, by the way, all of them were great. (laughs) And when he is in his full Mr. Miracle get up standing beside like all the furies, like ready to go into battle. Yeah. yeah. There's no cognitive dissidence there. It may, yeah. except for what's intended just in the sense of domestic war, but visually they are, you know, coherent. Yeah, definitely. I definitely think they fit together. That's actually one thing I love about all of the art in this is that regardless of what is being shown, it all looks like it exists in the same world and you don't question like any of that. Yeah, yeah. It's like a Dark Souls game where it's like, oh, this weird thing and this weird thing. There are jellyfish out in the woods for some reason. I don't know, but somehow I believe it exists with lycanthrope. So, yeah, <laughs> I do think it starts off poor and gets immensely better as it goes on. I think it drastically is like climbing an uphill battle that it like wins. That's fair. I think because the story starts out on a more simple scale and then once it starts introducing different elements and different problems, I think that that. Yeah. And I think it's doing a thematic thing where it's like, OK, the art starts out bad because he's at a bad point in his life. I still think the art's just bad <laughs> at the beginning. I, I get it. <laughs> so positives. Uh, shall we go back down the. uh Chapel Row. Oh, yeah, sure. Why not? Or should we let Joe get his positives out of the way so that he can be very brief? And it we won't can take have... long, will yeah. it? <laughs> no, it I won't. was like, so that we could have a meaningful discussion about this. Caleb. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Why don't you do that, Joe? So I think this book has humor and that, that really hits sometimes. And I think the nine panels really accentuates it. Um, I, I briefly touched on that in the art section. I also think uh, you get a real sense of like normalcy and like you said it's very very grounded especially with the just the like at home issues between uh scott and big bar big barda um and they have a really fun relationship sometimes but overall they really nail just like the like struggling dynamic to like make it work and get past your personal problems and yep all right bell's turn oh my god (laughs) i agree with everything you said it's just everything you said was not much anyway I, I, mm-hmm. sure wasn't I'll, appreciate uh, you bringing me on the show buddy <laughs> different points of views baby as, as the enlightened centrist of this podcast and i'm in the middle because i'm a neutral in everything in my life um, first off we just have to get this out of the way jack kirby he knew how to make some interesting ideas i'm not gonna say he knew whether how to or not it. they were good yeah I'd, i'm not gonna say he made interesting <laughs> characters necessarily I think that the new gods are something that do not fit into the DC universe very well. And that's why this is one of the better new gods things I've read because like they reference other DC stuff and it's cool that like, Oh, they're friends with, you know, they're friends with Superman or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, like when they're just off doing their own thing, because their, their concerns are 
so much bigger than the already god tier like DC heroes. Definitely, definitely. Um, so that's part of it. It's just these are cool characters. They're cool ideas that are now being turned into characters. Mm. Granny Goodness is maybe the most frightening character in all of comics. I love Granny Goodness. While that's fun, the humor is great. There's a part where uh, Calabac puts on glasses, which doesn't sound funny, but that, when you see it. When you see it and after everything he said just before it. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, and then there's just... Uh, the theming, of course, is really good. I like the idea of how they're exploring depression in this um, and how they're tying that in with these kind of like mythological structures of the gods trading children and stuff like that. That's all stuff that appeals to me. Yeah. Um, I think when this comic hits, it hits really good. That uh, issue I mentioned beforehand where uh, Big Barda and Scott are fighting through, that's a great top tier comic book right there. Just an individual issue. If I was to make individual issues and like rank them, that'd be near the top because it's just formally it's going, it's like hitting on all cylinders. Um, I also like there, are, it gets better as it goes along and it makes yes. some of my negatives that I will mention a little <laughs> later on, but it makes some problems I have overall with the story. It usually gives those individual moments where I like, for example, mm. funky flashman. You we'll, mean your cosplay twin? You mean Stan Lee? Yes, we'll get into him. <laughs> um, but so for those of you who don't know, Jack Kirby and Stan Lee worked together for a while. And like most people, <laughs> I was about to say, and like everyone who's ever worked for Stan Lee, Jack Kirby began to resent the man fairly. Yeah. So he went over to DC and he decided to poke fun. Something that happens actually a lot to Stan Lee in comic books. It's kind uh, of sad, yeah, but also Stan Lee was a bad person. So it wasn't, it's not that sad. Anyway, it got to the point where Stanley was so hurt that he shaved his beard. That's why he ended up with just the mustache because oh he didn't God. want to look like the character. Anyway, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's really sad. Whoa. I don't like most of what Funky, Funky Flashman has to do in this story, but there's one part where he talks about this story that him and Scott's son make up, and it's just Galactus. Yeah, that is I such an that. interesting commentary on Stan Lee. And it's one of those things where it's like this character who was just like resentment fuel from Jack Kirby has now been turned into something like much, a much more interesting commentary on the definitely, genre. definitely. Yeah, I, I agree with both of you in, in a lot of ways. I think the biggest thing that I take away from this is that like, OK, so and not um, this is going to sound like a weird comparison at first, but I love Alan Moore. But Alan Moore's goal a lot of the time is to take these larger than life characters and kind of give them human problems. That's kind of what Watchmen is like is famous for mm -hmm. doing. But really what Watchmen, in my opinion, like I love I love Watchmen as a story. But the you just make your heroes not perfect. Mm -hmm. That's really what you do with that story. Um, and you don't really get to see them being like people, people. You don't see them at home. You see them going to a restaurant, which anyone can go to a restaurant. It's like it, the, the things they do are are not specific enough to be relatable. Yeah. Um, what what this story does is that it makes it specific. Like what it it does what he wanted to do. It gives these larger than life characters, in this case, literal like gods of this of the DC universe more human problems like yeah. my f one of my favorite parts in this entire thing is when the furies even though they have to fight barda they're on opposite sides of everything they're like no she's giving birth to our nephew and we have to be there yeah 
And it's like, oh my God, we've all done that because like there's always an ant no one loves. And so like you see that, but then in the end, it's like they bring out this like umbilical cord thing and save the baby. Um, but anyway, it's uh I, I it's just the specificness of the of the depression as well. I, I think it's the the point being is that like it is the realist interpretation of that it's showing that it is always an uphill battle that sometimes things like anxiety and depression do make you question reality in a lot of ways you know people in your life thinking back on things and in this it just so happens to manifest as glitchy almost ghosts in a way but the nine panel structure as well i think it just really helps with that repetitiveness and eventually there not being so much repetitiveness in his life um and also for me the biggest element of this story that i love is that it it really is about you can't do it alone like he needs barda yeah Yeah. it's not just scott it's he needs barda and their relationship has like real moments of tension and like I agree with Barta half the time when she's yes. giving him grief. Yes. <laughs> but I never feel like they shouldn't be together or the comics like leading to them splitting up. Every time they fight, it's just to show how in love with each other they are. Yeah, it's to say they're fighting because they don't want to be fighting. Yeah. I love the little moments in this comic as well. Uh, the, um, oh my God, my, one of my favorite moments is when like, uh, you brought it up before, but it's when they're going, they're going through dark, like, uh, the palace and they're trying to get through but they're the whole time they're just talking about like i really want to expand the condo and like they're like slashing people in the throat and being and punching people and it's like but i like where the magazines are yeah i mean it's barda's way essentially of like telling him in a very complicated way hey i'm pregnant like but his reaction to that he just runs up behind her and hugs her and just says yay like Mm -hmm. He's just like, I don't know. I love that this character probably has the expectation to be something like Orion, who like Orion is this very like authoritarian, like leader, like I am God, I have to declare it. But with Scott, he, you know, for a fact, he isn't that kind of guy. He's yeah. not an alpha. He's not an alpha like that. He's just like, I just want to be me. Well, I'm a guy. he's yeah, had, I'm just a guy. Exactly. Guy. Exactly. He's had the, pr- I don't want to say privilege because that, <laughs> he's he, had the privilege of glo- growing up on literal hell. <laughs> he's had he's had that life experience, both of growing up in hell, but then also growing up on Earth, where Orion has always been like he's had to deal with the expectation of one, he is Dark Side's son, and everyone knows it, and two, because of that, he is also gonna be High Father, and he has to somehow deal with that. Um, so like, while he had the better life. He never had the opportunity to make his life better. Yeah, it's kind of like how, you know, it, it, the the example is almost like if you put like someone who has every right to be bad in a good situation, their tendencies might still go that way a little mm-hmm. bit. But then if you take someone who is good at heart and put them in a bad situation, they'll end up the same. Yeah. You know, like, I, I don't know that that to me is like Scott is so pure of heart and like. I love him for that. Yeah. That just sometimes he'll, the biggest concern is, I like the magazines there. You know, like he just wants to lay around and then there's this war going on and he's like, oh, sweet. Back to the nine to nine to five. Like, yeah, it's like when they eventually have the baby, they're like shifting off. Who's taking care of the baby? Right. Who's slaughtering people in the battlefield? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like calling and being like, honey, I'm busy at the moment. And like he's trying to put an ax through like a parademon. It's it's I love moments like that. Uh, I think this balances the domestic and the 
more fantastical really really well um i think that's my favorite thing about it honestly yeah. but i'm sorry i'm going very well, very long it, on positives it never went to a place which i think uh, a comic concerned with normal comic tropes will have done where it's like what if i die in battle what if i orphan my child it never goes there because mm -hmm. tom king understands that everyone reading this will know Mr. Miracle and Barda aren't going to die. So I'm going to yeah. focus on other more human issues. The tension does not need to come from, are they going to make it? The tension needs to come from, are they going to make it? Yeah. Like, like, you know, like make it as a couple, not as, am I going to be alive tomorrow? We're fine. You're a main character. Fine. You're fine. I would argue with the amount of characters they kill off in this that I wouldn't necessarily agree with that, but <laughs> I'll, I'll, I, I never thought they were going to die either, but also I didn't think everyone else was going to die. I, I think that, in my opinion, I, I don't know. I look at the deaths in it like I look at the deaths in it like everyone who dies at that point in the story, it makes sense for them to die. Well, and by the end of the story, you realize nothing has changed on Apocalypse or New Genesis. They're just going back to fighting after they win the war. They're going to go back to fighting. Oh, yeah. They lose the war. They're going to go back to fighting. But like the element of change isn't going to be there. They who no matter who dies, no matter what happens, the element of change is going to be with Scott and Barda, mm -hmm. which yeah. is I think that's cool. Yeah, definitely. All right, is everybody wrapped up? We're their done positives? on New Genesis, Joe. Why don't we Why don't we take a trip to Apocalypse for negatives? <laughs> I thought you were saying. All right, another round of positives for the Apocalypse. I thought, stuff. I thought you were about to start talking about Young Justice. I don't know why, but I was like, I feel a Young Justice conversation <laughs> coming on. Na, na. No. Speaking uh, of which, isn't it cool that Forager shows up for a second and he's nothing like he is in that show because the show did not pay attention to the comics whatsoever? Oh, Joe, what were you, you saying? You mean they improved a bad <laughs> character design? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Forager is infinitely more interesting in that, on that show. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Let's, let's, let's round about into our negatives. Should I not start this time? How about, Steven, how about I start yeah, this let's, one? Let's reverse this. If I had a negative, I think that upon first reading it, it's a little bit unclear what exactly is going on with Scott's head. Um, like, I remember I kind of had to read this book like two or three times to really like appreciate it. It's kind of it's going to be a weird example once again, but it's like it's kind of like my Blade Runner. Like where I I acknowledge I've never the, seen that movie, so I can okay. relate. Hey, Caleb. Yeah. Um, it, uh, <laughs> like where it's like it has flaws. I understand that there's some things that that people might not like, but I've just grown to accept it. How many yeah. edits of this book are there? Uh, oh, what you haven't you haven't seen the Miller version where everyone's <laughs> racist? <laughs> if I had a negative, it's that like when people are glitching in and out of his life for a little bit, and then when Metron shows up at the end, it's not in entirely clear what they're trying to convey um i know at this point like that's supposed to be like oh this is the prime dc universe because you see that orion's alive and like other people are alive there um i get it now but it's like that came after time and time and time and time again <laughs> reading the book i was like i still don't get what he's trying to convey here i'll jump off that yeah. uh what's funky flashman is that the character's yeah. name yeah i'm not 100 percent convinced he exists but he's also their babysitter and you see him with other people he's very confusing he to clearly me. doesn't exist at the beginning he of the story yeah, he clearly, he does, clearly not exist. does at the end that, yeah, it's very confusing that if he's if, yeah. if he's like it makes more sense for him to be like an apparition of like scott's mind yeah but then he starts existing and i'm like so did that other stuff like actually happen in like uh, so the way i interpret it is that when we see stuff like that, it's Scott struggling with 
reality and knowing what's real just because of what he's going through. And I also I also think that the reason why that plays into it at this point in the story is because, you know, he he even says in the beginning when he's on like the talk show, he says like, you know, so, yeah, I killed myself so I could try to escape death. And here I am alive again. Um, so I kind of view it as the suicide effect drastically affected the way he views reality or he actually died and came back as in he escaped, quote unquote, well, death. He does talk to characters who are definitely dead. That makes sense. That However, makes more sense. Barda doesn't. And Barda talks to Funky, or yeah. at least talks about Funky. <laughs> I, then maybe at that yeah. point, it's like the Funky that he sees when it's like glitchy or whatever is an apparition yeah. and that there is a real Funky, though. He just thinks he had a different conversation with it him. Honestly the point being, it's a feels, little unclear. It's, it's confusing it, and it's it's complicated. It feels like Tom King had an idea and then there's a certain point where he was going to write Funky out and then he's like, yeah, but I'm having fun with my Stanley pa pastiche. Yeah, I I get that. And so. Tom King's like that. I mean, there's several references to comic book writers here you know at, at the very end in the audience you know you see like a, i think gerard way you see another guy from young animal you see dan didio you see like tom king himself yeah, and yeah. mitch jared's yeah it, it's he obviously is trying to homage a lot of things and i think that is another negative i have is like the homages kind of get in the way sometimes um, this is a of the busy point. book it's very busy yes you can compare it to like a video game thing some people love the open worlds they can get lost in and like Elden there's all Ring, this baby. there's all this detail you can do there's all these things you can do some people just want to like drive a, a mario kart around yeah that's some, or, or have something more straightforward <laughs> yeah, some like, people want a more straightforward yeah, thing like that, like, like, path. that you don't I, I, listen <laughs> that you don't like lose like that you, you're not it doesn't suffer the quality because you weren't over analyzing like every yeah. little detail i have a couple negatives but Ultimately, I want to say that the oh, negatives. I'm sorry, Joe. Were you done with your negatives? Were you oh, going no. into that? Okay. Oh no! But we can we can end jump on to Joe. Okay, We're gonna end it. on Joe. My negatives are kind of front loaded because I do think that this gets better. And like you were kind of saying, as the as it continues, I'm buying more into it, so the negatives stop mattering as much. Um, just because I pro I feel like we've covered him, but Funky Flashman. I don't think he's necessarily working here because he doesn't work with the new gods because he was a character created for spite, like. I don't think he should be. You are hooked on that, aren't you? <laughs> yes. I don't think <laughs> he's we're distracting. Really, he's very we're really hooked on Funky Flash. Okay. He's an interesting. He well, he plays a big part in this. He's mainly the. He's like the third build character. Yeah. If this was a movie. He's he's, right. uh, he's a little too distracting for me to be like. Ah, it's just weird. I'm feeling triggered. Anyway. Um. <laughs> um well, you'll have to keep going because there, uh, I have more. <laughs> it bouncing off of one thing you said. Uh, I will say that, that when you talk about the negatives kind of going away, I think that's because at a point, and maybe this is maybe I'm just okay with this kind of thing. The emotions of the situation kind of overrun the logic, well, which I will say that's yeah. a negative, but I also don't care sometimes. I am, I'm also much, I'm very much like that. Yeah. I famously, I was like, when I saw Wonder Woman 1984, I told Joe, I get that someone like you thinks about things logically, wouldn't like it, but it emotionally made me feel good. <laughs> you know what? I'm with you. There are just some things that just don't work for me here. Uh, Tom King's dialogue for the most part I think works. However, it does occasionally get a little overbearing and just exhausting. It gets very bendacy, like where it's like, oh, this is fun to like read, but at a certain point, this isn't how normal people talk like 24 seven. It has such a unique that. spin to it, but kind of like Aaron Sorkin in TV and movies. Yep. It's like, it's not natural, 
but it does work. Yeah. It's, so it's just a matter of, at that point, it's a matter of taste, you know, yeah, like, yeah. where and, it's like, if you like dialogue like that, with which for me, depending on the story, I'm totally cool with dialogue being completely overdramatic. Um, but like in the context of that, I get it. If, if it's just too much for you, I totally depends, get it. It depends because sometimes it's working, sometimes it's not. And I mm. think a lot of it is just how overbearing it can be at points. I think a big part is that it always in, begins and ends with this very flowery, very like 60s comic, like, and now we will go into see if Mr. Miracle can escape, can escape the anxiety trap or whatever. <laughs> I feel like those bookends kind of make the comic suffer because it does start to feel overbearing. Um, like I said, taste thing. Um, Metron also does not work in this. I feel like he was very much forced in and I don't like the whole here. We have to tie it in to DC Prime. We have to make sure people understand that's out of continuity. Just let the story be the story. You know, it's really unfortunate that this came out before like DC Black Label really took yes, off. Yes, this would because, be a perfect. Black I mean, you label. you even said like uh, talking about like Kingdom Come Black Label, and I think like that's because it was re released under that title, and I think they're doing that with that now. They've yeah, most yeah. of the things are like out of continuity when they get a re release. They get like a black, label. black label, yeah. yeah. So, black label, but if yeah. they would have done that in the beginning, I feel like no one would have questioned it, and they probably wouldn't have felt the need to like justify that. All of DC's biggest stories, Watchmen, Year One, all of these are out of continuity already. Yeah, because they can they can challenge the status quo. And I think Mr. Miracle does a great job of that because obviously in the DC universe, they wouldn't go as far to kill Darkseid because it's like he's the DC Thanos. Like, no, you're not. He's the he's, big bad. He's you're not going to do than that. Thanos. Like, he's, well, technically Marvel honestly doesn't have an equivalent to how terrifying Darkseid. Um, that's mainly most of my negatives. You know, it makes sense. Uh, Joe, Joe. Joe, you have to let him <laughs> go. Coming. You have to let him go. No, Don't interrupt him. Just let like him go. Dark on side, I, I, I am. I was just gonna say, Caleb. I do agree on those. Uh, I I overlooked them just because the emotions of the story really get me through, and I can I can accept some things. Yeah. I, I'm a guy who can overlook the flaws of the overall story works for me, but I yeah. totally get it. I now think, time for the Joe train. Just let him go. Uh, just I let think him, Caleb, all your oh, yeah. negatives, uh, you might you might have cut down on mine because you said a lot of them. I just have stuff to expand upon. Um. I do think there is a disparaging uh, sense of repetition that, like you said earlier, I think it really can set you in the mood of like you understand the anxiety and the sense of repetition he feels in his life. Now it's an uphill battle that he has to get through. I don't think you should put your readers through that because it can just disengage them like it did me. This this series has we've had this conversation. I think everything like almost all forms of media in the world can be better if they're if they're cut shorter. Yes, quote from Joe Schremer, real quick. I I'm a firm believer that every single good movie could be condensed down to an hour forty five. No, I, no, 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 no. I think everything could be better by being condensed down to an hour forty five. Oh my god. <laughs> movies. Sorry, sorry. Movies. I had to just say that. Movies Keep should going. be shorter. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think this would have been a great limited six issue series where I think, or even eight, even eight. I That's think fair. I think twelve, especially with the nine panels and the text in every single one and sometimes the repeating art and the repetition of the stories and of the beginning and the end of each issue starting the same. I think it just really drags and I think it slows down and although it does get better like you said at the beginning Caleb I'm not willing to overlook it because as you if you don't like the first four episodes of a TV show you're going to quit. Oh yeah. If I wasn't doing this after those first four issues first six even I would have quit because man this does not feel like it's 
going anywhere for a little bit. And I'm getting it, they're they're showing all these things that I'm not understanding. Forger shows up in the then he dies, I think. He does. Yeah, he, yes. he does die. He does die. Yes. I didn't realize it at first. Uh our everybody's favorite, Light Ray, is that his name? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He sticks around. When was when was your um the part where you're like, oh, this has gotten better? I guess you ate. Okay. Like it, it took it took a while. I was like five yeah. or six. Yeah. It, it it took a little I, I could notice I could notice it start getting better, like around five or six. But it was still like I'm, I'm I'm struggling here. So which panel on the first page do you think it got better at? <laughs> <laughs> which exact <laughs> panel three thousand six hundred and twenty-seven. Um, and I I think those that nine panels is a big, big mark of like yeah, I can appreciate the commitment. Some things should not be committed to. <laughs> I I don't I think this more often than not is hurting from the nine panels more than it is benefiting from it. Like the jokes really work with it. A lot of the expressions really work. If they'd done it like a couple times per issue, I think it could have worked a lot, lot better. Would you have? Uh, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt if you're oh, in no. the middle of something, but I, I want to ask: Would you have rather it been the nine panels were used exclusively in the domestic kind of scenes, and then like for like more of, of the battle stuff to have more that be bigger, or to? Or, or like kind of what, what would you have done? I would, think that would have created more of a disparagement between. I don't think there's too much of like a disparage between the battle, the new God stuff going on and the domestic stuff. Yeah, I yeah. think. And I think I think that's I, the point. I think, ultimately, yeah, yeah, I think the nine panels contributes to it. I just didn't know it. if you if you would have preferred it if there was a little bit more separation, like in terms of like focusing on certain actions. I just wouldn't prefer it if it felt like an argument going on for like three thousand eight hundred ninety six panels because it just felt like every Someone says Feels something. Like I'm one fighting panel, the book at all times. Some, <laughs> panel number two, someone's retorting. Panel number three, someone's saying something. Panel number four, someone's retorting. Okay. There's very, more often than not, the jokes that I like are faces, and it does not have anything to do with Tom King's writing. I mean, mm -hmm. it does because he's telling them to emote like this, but it has to yeah. do with Mitch Jared's emotes being, with specific sadness. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, dark side eating a carrot from the veggie tray. Funny. Yes. Um, okay. Tom King Scott's does have a good. Still having the veggie tray carrot after he's killed Darkseid. Funny. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> also, another negative. Desad is lame in this. Continue. Oh, Desad's really lame. Oh, in this. dude. Yeah, Desad's lame. I'll be. I'll be. I'll Met say that. Metron coming out of nowhere is even like more like, huh? Like it's I, it's out of left field. It's like, extremely. It out feels of left like field. an editor's note. Yeah. It feels like they were like, you got to Yeah, like you said, Caleb. Like you, we got to tie it in somehow. And I, I'm with you. I don't like that either. I don't. This is another Kingdom Come thing. I don't think this is necessarily a bad book. Good. I, I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I think, I, and, I think <laughs> and I think Tom King uh, did a good thing of th this kind of story works with more C list, D even D list characters like yeah. this, and it would not work in a uh, more mainstream uh, character. And I, I think putting it in a black label imprint would make it better. Because I'm going into this book being like, I don't know about New Gods. Time to learn some stuff about uh, New Gods. And I leave knowing nothing about New Gods well, still. Well, and to be fair, I think there's only... But that's an expectation thing. Like, I can't... Okay, thank you for saying yeah. it. All right. I feel like there are only certain times when they don't give you the information you need. Because they do explain a lot of backstory. But the only time I'd say, like, someone would be super confused is either Forger, but even then I think he does a fairly decent job. And then Metron. They do not explain Metron. No, at all. not at all. <laughs> not, that, see, that was my thing was like, if you don't know anything like about anything, some things are a little bit jarring. If I if I am going to say a negative, 
um as well i do agree with you on on that but it's um if i can rebuttal yeah, sure. one thing you said um when you talk about how like oh yeah it wasn't until like issue five or issue six or or whatever that i got into it totally fine and look in the same way that i i'm sure that you would not like like an indie drama movie mm-hmm. about like people doing nothing essentially uh I love that kind of movie. Yeah, that's why I'm not saying <laughs> that's so, why I'm saying it's not bad. Yeah, no, totally. I I actually if I could compare it to something, I would actually this is really weird, but I would compare it to Birdman. Yeah, I if can anything, see that. Because that also has a stylistic uh heightened containment. Reality. Yeah, heightened yeah. reality and also a containment of it being all in one shot and not it doesn't necessarily get into the fun stuff right away. You know, it, it is about like his stage life and, and behind the scenes and stuff. But then when you get to the end, you kind of understand his personal journey. Not mm-hmm. so much that it it was reality. It was maybe an exaggerated truth of his reality. Yeah. Um. So that's that's why I don't pay attention to much of that. So I, I did want to rebuttal with that. To me, that's like if I was to watch like an indie movie that I I like and I'd stopped after like 10 minutes, I would be like, eh, whatever. Yeah, you know, so that that's just me. That's just me. and that's one of the cool things about comics. I feel like if you're on the outside and you're looking at superhero comics and I'm saying superhero comics, especially because indie comics are free reign, do whatever you want. As long as there's a genre bent, don't you dare do just a straightforward story. Right. One of these days, I think that we talked about that on my Poon Poon or maybe Saga episode. I don't know. Anyway, but one of the like you look at superhero comics and all of them could appear the same. But when you actually get into the minutia of it, there's like so much variation in how they explore these ideas and stuff. Like you could take Mr. Miracle and you could explore it as like this giant piece of mythology. Like you could do a whole kingdom come about Mr. Miracle. Absolutely. But that's not what Tom King is interested in. And so instead, Tom King is doing his indie drama. Or you could do just a balls to the wall action movie and get... Scott Lobdell to write it. I don't know. Uh, absolutely, but, Scott Lobdell would, would write it. Oh my but God. Like, there's so much really cool variation. And I feel like it's so easy to just write this, write off comics as like one thing. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I've always said that, especially in terms of comic book movies, I'm like, comic book movies should just be genre movies that just so happen to have comic book characters in them. You know, like yeah. I, I could see a Birdman-ish movie being made out of something like this. This to me is his like, peak like this Grayson and then uh have you guys ever seen like Sheriff of Babylon mm-hmm. no yeah Sheriff of Babylon it's it's very like ground it was when Vertigo was a thing okay uh so it's that kind of grounded comic but like yeah he he's done everything and like say what you will about his Batman run but the fact is they saw fit to give him a Batman run then so that doesn't happen to everyone so I'd, I yeah it's one of those things where I even if I don't always like what he's doing I appreciate what he's doing because that's going to trickle down into other comics mm-hmm. and other more commercial creators are going to become more interesting because of him. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think if someone reads this book and says, I want to do something like that, they might find, you know, a, a D list superhero that they like and maybe use him to explore something. I think definitely using those kind of characters, especially characters that quote unquote, you know, no one really remembers to, uh, explore something like depression i think that actually is like a a very unintentional bittersweet commentary on the fact that like no one really knows them yeah so and it's just my opinion but uh joe final thoughts do you have any final thoughts on this is no that i think uh, caleb did a good job about reining me in because he just covered about everything that 
I could have exploded on. <laughs> Didn't mean to. I don't know what. No, no, no. It's here. fine. <laughs> <laughs> if I can share one thing, and I know I've I've done a lot of talking, but thank you guys for having me on. Of course. Um, we prefer our guests to sit in silence. So next time, I, I do want to share my favorite part of this whole comic is like it's a quote that genuinely affected me and genuinely when you'd bring this all right the quote is you know he's talking about his son jake and i'm gonna paraphrase it but he's talking to barda and he said you know there was this moment when i was looking at i was looking at jake and jake was looking at me but that wasn't all it was it's like he was looking at everyone who came before my father his father all the way back to the very beginning and i was looking at him but i was also looking at everything to come forward all the way to the end and I thought about how meaningless that made me feel. Like I was just one look amongst a, a sea of looks. But the people before are gone. And the people who are coming aren't here yet. But I'm here. And you're here. And Jake's here. And that's all that really matters. That quote in this story really made me turn around a lot of the the negativity in my life and to me that that quote is the crux of the story is that yeah dark side is there's always going to be a problem there's always going to be something on the horizon you're not looking forward to but as long as you have your anchors something to fight for you'll always keep fighting mm -hmm. so I, that that to me is the message you're left with at the end of this and that helped me through a really difficult time in my life and i'm very very happy that i read this book i think that's the i'm not but i i'm glad that <laughs> jesus you. christ yeah. joe i was about to say that's the perfect last word to end it on <laughs> joe go get go get what you're making me read <laughs> i love you joe <laughs> oh, my oh my god i love you i love you so much and Steven, while Joe gets what uh, he's going to make me read next time, yeah, which yeah, I well, think is actually Mark Wade's Flash, maybe. Um, he doesn't want me to see it, but I have seen it. Anyway, uh, where can the people find you? So the good people can find me on YouTube at Steven, that is S-T-E-E-B-E-N, and on Instagram at Steven Weeben. Yes, it's spelled exactly how you think it is. Um, I'm not much, not much on my YouTube channel at the moment, but we're working on it. Um, I'm got some things in the pipeline. I actually want to do a video about Mr. Miracle. I've got half the script written right now. Uh, so see what comes in the future, but that's, those are the big places you can find me on top of that. You can catch me on star Wars therapy with Caleb and our good friend, Alex, and you can catch me in counterfeit, which is a metal band that I'm in with Joe. I play bass and do vocals. Uh, so check us out as well. Absolutely. Counterfeit 615. Good music. Follow, follow, check it out. We're misguided. Uh <laughs> either close your eyes caleb and i don't like metal <laughs> <laughs> sorry bam i struck you with lightning the wow is it is it mark wade's flash yeah, it, it is, is. <laughs> how did you know caleb we well talk about this at all well you see sometimes i go into joe's room to watch him play league of legends and this is sitting beside his well now thing. i feel like an idiot for bringing up the mark wade did the flash <laughs> yeah i was like Huh. <laughs> no, no, I was like, well, that's the perfect intro into this. So, why are you giving me Mark Wade's Flash, which I'm very excited? Because I wanted to do something different, and we've never covered a Flash book, so I googled Flash runs to read, and Mark Wade's was at the top. I'm very excited, and, and it's, it, it's not stupid Barry; it's no. Wally West. Yeah. yeah, Wally West is my favorite Flash as well. I'm, I'm actually, I'm interested to see this episode. Oh, I'm well, so interested. You can tune in.
in two weeks. In two weeks with the next episode of All New 52. If you've enjoyed what you've heard and enjoyed Steven, he already did your plugs, right? I did. Okay, I, I will not uh, say where you can check him out because you, you've heard where you can check him out on. Uh, but you can see, see us on whatever you're listening to it or watching it on right now. Give us five stars on that rating. That's not how you say it. Give us a five-star rating on the platform that you're listening to this on. And email us at allnew52podcast at gmail.com with your reviews and recommendations. We love to read them. Send me a more grounded book that I might be able to get into. You're probably not going to break past my negativity, but you can try. Everyone, we'll see you next time. We'll be, we'll be quick to return. We'll speed back to you. I just lost five years off my life. See you guys. Bye.